Hey friends, it's Eric here. Thanks for listening to the Building Us podcast. Hey, I want to invite you to follow me on my new show, Stuff About Money They Didn't Teach You in School, where I take a deeper dive into money and financial topics. You can find it wherever you listen to your podcast, Stuff About Money They Didn't Teach You in School. I hope to see you there. Uh, you know, since then, uh, we've had a couple of scares here and there, and uh, most of them due to us being new parents and not knowing what we're doing and trying our best to know what we're doing uh, to keep her safe and healthy. But um, yeah, she's pretty incredible. Super excited to see what the next five weeks is going to look like, the next five years will look like. Welcome back to the Building Us Podcast, a show all about relationships. This is Dr. Matt Morris, and I'm whispering today because we have a new guest. Baby Cormier is with us today. Hey, Matt. So excited. Matt. Matt, Baby Cormier. Oh, Baby Cormier's mom is wearing headphones, so Baby Cormier can't hear us. All right. So you can yell. We We can talk in our regular voices, not our inside voices. So this is the Building Us podcast. Hey, I'm Dr. Matt yeah. Morris, couples counselor and family therapist, joined as always by my wonderful co-host, certified financial planner, Eric Garcia. Eric, we have some special guests today. How's it this going? This is the first time we've had three guests on our show. We've had up to two, but now we have three. And we can hear one in the background a little bit. This is the second part of our series that we were calling... We are having a baby, but today the episode is we had a baby. We weren't, we didn't really think through that name, right? Like a three-part series on we're having a baby. Right. So this is, we had a baby with our friends, Lee and Isabella Cormier, and they've got a beautiful baby who is, uh, you're listening to this, but if you go to our Facebook page, you can actually see a picture of baby Miriam. Lee and Isabella, what's happening? Hey. Oh, you can hear Miriam. Inter- introduce us to your new family member. Oh, yeah. So this is uh, this is <laughs> this is Miriam Parabellum Cormier. So she weighed she weighed uh, six pounds eleven ounces, nineteen inches long, and so um, pretty healthy. Once she came out, she was great. Um, so and she's been pretty fantastic and. Uh, absolutely adorable for the past uh, five weeks. So she's she's a little over a month old now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I know. And how's it going? I mean, that's a huge question, but how how's it going having a, a new family member? It has been as incredible as it has been intensely stressful. <laughs> mm. She's yeah. amazing. Um, she, We're obsessed with her, for yeah. sure. As you should be. As you should be. Uh, just a, a few minutes ago before we hit record, my oldest kid was in here, and he was playing around on the microphone and headphones, and you know, it really made me think about that that was... I was where you guys are a long time ago and, and never could imagine 
being here when I was there. And it just seems so far away at that time. Yeah, yeah there'll, there'll be a time where you're not going to be as uh, endeared towards your, your child. <laughs> <laughs> but soak, it, soak it up for now. Soak it yeah. up for now. Yeah. No. So, uh, Lee, you, you said it's great now that she's here. Do you have a stubborn child? Um, she didn't want to. What I was really guess referencing was we the labor that we planned on having uh, didn't happen. And so the labor was really intense. Um, and so uh, even to the point where, like, really, we had to wind up having an emergency C-section because her blood pressure dropped significantly. And so, mm-hmm. like, her heart rate, I'm sorry, her heart rate dropped significantly. And so that was after, like, 34 hours of labor for Bella. And so that Holy was difficult, smokes. right? And then... 34 hours and the uh, 32 of them with that were without any type of pain medicine whatsoever. Then, mm. then uh, emergency C-section. And, uh, but yeah, like once she, once they got her out of Bella, she was fantastic, but it was just uh, a really rough go at it for a day and a half. So. Wow. Wow. That sounds really, really intense. Yeah, it was, it was so, but, uh, you know, since then, uh, we've had a couple of scares here and there and, uh, most of them due to us being new parents and not knowing what we're doing and trying our best to know what we're doing and uh, to keep her safe and healthy. But, um, yeah, she's pretty incredible, super excited, um, to see what the next five weeks is going to look like the next five years will look like. It's a pretty steep learning curve. Like you can't like, you can't read enough books. Yeah. You can't really just, uh, fake being a parent as, as, as preparation for being a parent yet. You know, it, it is a very steep learning curve. They hand you a baby a couple of days later, send you home. And Good luck y'all. You're on your own for the most part. Did they help you put the car seat in the car? Do they still do that? Do they? Not at the hospital. We went to the EMS uh, station and they had, uh, they actually had a guy who did a 40 hour training to become a certified car seat inspector. And so when I went, he like told me way more than I thought I could ever know about a car seat. (laughs) He was very enthusiastic about his job. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. 40 weeks. What are they teaching? 40 40 40 hours. hours. 40 40 hours. 40 (laughs) hours. That's a week. That's what I meant to say. 40 hours. That's a whole week. Like, oh my gosh. Isabel, did your training last a week or was it an hour or 30 (laughs) minutes? No, I was there for about 45 minutes. Wow. Goodness gracious, Matt. So that sounds like in in preparation to, before you, before you gave birth to Miriam. Oh yeah. yeah. That was a couple weeks before uh, she arrived or maybe like. I guess it was like a month because I wanted to get it done about two weeks before her due date, but then she came um, like a week and a half late. So, yeah. And one of the, one of the cool things about um, babies that you never planned for yeah. is that uh, you're going to get a lot of uh, arm workout. So like you're going to have you know, just, just you. little, this is pro tip, pro tip. If you're used to holding the baby in the right hand on the right arm all the time, you might want to switch. Otherwise you're going to have like one, one bicep and one arm that's bigger than the other. So you kind of want to switch off. Yeah. Yeah. I actually got my first dose of the COVID vaccine yesterday. 
And so like during the night and then this morning, it's been really hard holding her because my arm is just really sore from the vaccine. How it's hard sleeping. to know if it's the vaccine yeah. or if it's all the, the baby bicep curls you've been doing. <laughs> yeah, how, how I is... think I just got jacked like in the last month. <laughs> you know, you could do, um, they have like those mommy and me like aerobics classes where you kind of use the baby as, as like your, your, as the weight. Really? <laughs> you can do like sit ups with the baby and squats with the baby. That's fine. Um, I remember doing that when, man, our, our first did not sleep. Um, so when I would give my wife a break, I would, I would like pace, I'd walk. Um, and then I'm like, I'm, you know, what I need to do some working out. So I did some squats, holding them, doing some squats, catch the late night West coast basketball games, the playoffs. It's great. I, I know we started to talk about, uh, the birth experience and Lee, you gave us some of the, some of the stats, some of the details there around the, the length of it. I also know that we we don't we don't plan to spend the whole show today talking about the birth experience, but um, I, I remember from the first episode that you you all had some pretty specific plans about how you hoped the birth would go. Uh, was it was it what you expected? <laughs> Definitely not. So we were planning on having a birth, uh, the birth at an alternative birthing center with midwives. Um, which luckily is located inside of a hospital here. And like, just in case anything, you know, were to happen, which did. Um, but I actually had prom premature rupture of membranes, which is when your water breaks first before your contractions begin. Um, and apparently that makes labor a whole lot harder because you have um, significantly less amniotic fluid. Um but then contract contractions began. Oh, and it could take a couple of days for contractions to begin after that happens. Um, I actually went in after my water broke. I went into an acupuncturist, and um, that actually initiated the contractions. Like it was pretty crazy. Like about ten minutes into the session, I started feeling contractions. So then I drove home while having contractions and while my water mm. continued to break, which was a very um, amusing situation. Uh, <laughs> One of those every, every, everyday driving experiences here in New Orleans. Doesn't happen. Yeah. On top of that, like she, like the, uh, the acupuncturist was in like uptown or something. And so she had to drive to get home. She had to drive on the interstate. She was having contractions while she was driving on the interstate. Like it wasn't just like driving <laughs> down a block or two away. So yeah. she was dro drove on oh, the man. other side of New Orleans with contractions. Yeah. And then I got home and uh, we actually had friends in town who had months ago scheduled their flight to come in to help with the baby but because she was almost a couple weeks late, like they were here before she was born. So um, we just kind of hung out with them that those few days they were here. But the day that they were leaving is when I started labor, which was hilarious. Anyway, so I got home and then um, labored at home as long as possible, I guess. Yeah, I started off, I just kind of did some basic chores around the house, loading, unloading the dishwasher, just to kind of get my mind off of things. And 
made sure mm. I kept eating and snacking throughout the day. Um, and then in the afternoon, I kind of reached a point where I was like, okay, this isn't like a walk in the park necessarily. So I think I'm going to go lay down and try to get some rest. Um, and I had done a lot of like mental preparation and like meditation and visual visualization and breathing and things like that. So I was managing the pain really well. Um, I'm not going to say it wasn't painful, but in the moment I was telling myself it wasn't painful mm. um, just to kind of get through it. So then we had our friend Ashley come over. She was going to be the second person in labor with us. Um, and so she came to the house in the evening. I don't even remember what time, but it was around then that like things started to get a lot more intense. Oh, hey, baby. She's smiling. Um, and then I don't even know. Like, I don't know, Lee, if you want to take over at this point, because I was just kind of in the zone like during the night when we were still here at the house. Yeah. Let me just jump in, Eric. Mm -hmm. Bro, women are, ladies are incredible. Yeah. Like, we are hearing a harrowing story and she is incredible. Lee was probably snacking or something while she's yeah. laboring. <laughs> Lee was making ahead, food, Lee. Lee was getting things ready. Lee, Lee was not very passive in this process. Um, yeah, so, Lee was packing um, his lunch. <laughs> I, I, I did do that. That's true. Um, but yeah, so I think Bella's water broke probably around um, 7.14 a.m. 7.14 a.m. Let me tell that real quick. I was actually walking our dog. This is hilarious, y'all. It was legit like a comedy movie. I was walking our dog and I got about 15 minutes away from our house. And then all of a sudden I was like, hmm, there's a warm, wet feeling in my pants. And it just went all the way down my legs. And I was like, this is definitely not normal. So then I basically like speed waddled back to the house <laughs> and then waddled. took a shower. With, with the dog. Yeah, yeah, with the dog. Oh, she's getting fussy. Yeah. Okay, husband, yeah. take over. So, you know, her water broke a little bit after seven o'clock in the morning and we wound up uh, taking getting her to the hospital around 1 a.m., 1.30 a.m. the next day. And so she, her oh, water man, broke, okay. and it was almost a complete day before we even went to the hospital. And so, yeah, it was, so it was a long process. We watched a couple movies. Um, we ate, um, we hung out and did breathing exercises. And um, we tried to take a nap. We tried to sleep. I was able to. Uh, Bella was not because she was having uh, those contractions. They're definitely keeping her up, but yeah. So, and then, like I said, um, we got there at about one o'clock in the morning, one thirty. She wound up uh, getting an epidural around eleven o'clock, or around eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, something like that. And then uh, at three o'clock, it was when Miriam was born. So that's the the very abbreviated timeline of everything yeah. that happened. The birth in a nutshell. So, yeah. And and Lee, how was it how was it for you? Um I remember feeling involved, both involved and as a and a bystander to some extent. You know, I'm not 
directly involved. And so how, how was that for you? Yeah. So, I, I mean, anytime Bella would ask me to do something, I would do it. Right. Um, I would be consistently asking her if she needed anything to eat, to drink, if she needed whatever. Um, and so I was really actively involved in that sense, being a really good helper. But there's literally nothing I can do with the, the actual birth process. Right. And so whether we were at home or whenever we made it to the hospital, um, like I just I was pretty much just waiting and waiting and especially when we got to the hospital right like we had nurses and doctors coming and taking care of her and stuff like that and so it really was me just holding her hand and trying to talk to her and comfort her um and so yeah it was very active and passive participation yeah it's it's kind of tough as a dad you're like you see your wife in pain and like you can't do anything about it you know it's like yeah helpless you just feel totally helpless yeah, that's that's really accurate. Um, so, because I tried my hardest, right, to make sure that Bella avoids pain at any level, right? But pain is a part of this process. You can't yeah. really get no matter what, no matter you can I mean, you can take them uh, get an epidural as soon as possible, or like I mean, the entire birthing process from conception uh, to uh, delivery, like it's a painful experience and a lot of things changing. And so as a dad, as a partner, you can, your role is to be the best sidekick possible um, and alleviate any type of pain and pressure and stress. Uh, but then you can do the best job in the world, but it's, they're still going to have that there, right? You're still going to have pain and difficulties and stress and struggles. And, um, and so as, as her husband, yeah, that was really difficult to not be able to have a problem or not be able to fix a problem. You know, that was difficult for me. Yeah, Isabella, with our uh, with our second, we went for one morning for a checkup, just a regularly scheduled checkup, and the uh, doctor goes, "Hey, when did your water break?" And my wife's like, "It never broke." And like, well, you have no more. You're like, no amniotic fluid in there. Whoa. So they, so they, they immediately they're like, they um, and there's all these kind of terms. I don't know what 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 possibly could have happened, obviously, but you need you need you need amniotic fluid. So they they bring her in they get her ready so she starts laboring at the hospital and she was going to do this pregnancy without intervention with no with no medication with no epidural um but they had to induce because they didn't know how long yeah. she'd been without without fluid um and the stuff they give you that pitocin is apparently really brutal so she like she starts having these terrible contractions and she had a terrible experience with her epidural with the first with our first child like mm. terrible experience they punctured her spinal um um, so she's just like leaking the fluid, the spinal fluid oh, is just a terrible experience. So she like wanted to avoid it at all costs. She told me no matter what I tell you, I don't want an epidural. So Lee, I'm like, I'm going to do what my wife asked me to do. I'm going to be helpful. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be helpful and I'm going to stand between her and, and her own desire to, to potentially have an epidural. So like the pain was so intense. She's like, I need an epidural. I'm like, well, you told me you didn't want one. You don't want one. She goes, I think I need one. And like the pain just kept getting more intense. And finally she's like, you go find the man with the needle. Don't come back until you find him. I'm like, but you told me, regardless of what you say, you don't want an epidural. She goes, you get out of this room and you don't come back until you find the man with the drugs. I'm like, I'm out. So I had to go, I go track down y'all, the. Y'all, y'all needed a, a a code word, an emergency word. Yeah. I'm like, I'm doing what you told me to do, and like, you're gonna get mad at me tomorrow, right? Yeah. No, it was it was all good though. Right it's after our first. 
right after our first was born, like in the first hour of our first uh, kid's life, uh, first few minutes right after delivery, my wife looked at me and like with both anger and consternation in her voice, she said, I am never doing that again. <laughs> we, we have uh, three kids. <laughs> so I, there's got to so be something how, like in the, how was it once, something in the go ahead Matt no I was just gonna say there's got to be something in 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 women's brains that just kind of like makes them forget after a certain period of time right oh yeah to, to do it again yeah it's the oxytocin yeah yeah it's the lack of sleep bonding the bonding hormone mm-hmm. uh so yeah so um Miriam was born. Labor was yes. finally over. <laughs> was that a question? <laughs> yes. Thank yes. God. <laughs> she well, was born. <laughs> what were those? What were those first experiences like of holding your new loved one, your new family member, your new baby? Um, you can go ahead, Bella, if you want. Well, Lee was a champ. He got to hold her. Um, initially I was, I honestly don't really remember those first couple hours very well. It's all a blur. Um, just kind of still shots, not really like a full movie. Um, Mm -hmm. which is something that I'm still working through because I, it feels like a loss. Like that time was kind of stolen from me. Um, but I was really glad that Lee was able to be there and hold her while I was, you know, on the operating table. Um, not really coherent because of all the medicine. Um, so Lee, what was that like for you? It was one of the most overwhelming, uh, experiences of my life. And so I think, yeah, we talked about it on the first podcast. We didn't know, we decided not to know if we were going to have a boy or a girl. And so, um, and so I'm in the operating room, uh, at Bella's by Bella and they have a big curtain uh, like that's right over her stomach so that I can't see what's going on. Right. Cause it's a C-section and I like, I'm kind of queasy anyway. And so I like, I would probably fainted or passed out or started gagging if I saw what was going on. And so, yeah. um, and so they had a curtain that was blocking all of that. And so they were like, all right, um, are you ready to see the baby? I was like, yeah, sure. And they knew that we didn't know either. Uh, that we didn't know the gender of the baby just yet. And so like, okay. And so they literally like move the curtain down and they were just holding the baby right there, right by the curtain. And I was like, Oh my God, it's a girl. And like, I was just like, yeah. it, I looked at Bella. I was like, it's a girl. And then like, I just started like super emotional. Right. Like, I mean, and I mean, it was a really emotional time anyway. Right. Because the emergency seat section was really scary and I didn't know what was really going on. And, um, running on very little sleep for the past day and a half. And, uh, but then, um, I saw the baby and she was alive and healthy and all of my fears and worries were gone about her not being alive. Right. And, um, and so it was just intense and I was just overwhelmed with, uh, joy and pride and excitement and fear in the best way possible. Like, mm-hmm. Um, because like, oh, like Bella has had this baby inside of her for 10 months now. Um, I felt the baby kick a couple times and that was really cool. But like, wow, now it's actually really here 
for yeah. me to be able to do something with. And and then um, they they went and cleaned her up a little bit, and then they uh, they took her to um, they gave her to me so I can hold her for a little bit, and so I got to show Bella is even though she was a little out of it because of the medicine. Um, and then, uh, we went and waited her, uh, got her height and stuff like that. They let me hold her some more hanging out with Bella. And so there was actually one point when, because of all the medicine and stuff that Bella was uh, on that I had Miriam in one hand. And then I had a little bowl or cup like pressed up against Bella's face cause she was nauseous. And so I'm just like swing, like rocking <laughs> Miriam, but holding this, uh, holding the, the bowl up to Bella's face in case she threw up. And I was just like, this is like one of the craziest experiences of my life, but it's also the most incredible experience in my, of my entire life at the same time. That's real life right there. So, That's parenting yeah. right there. Hey, Isabella, I'm, I'm curious, what was like the, your first moment of just like, like just lighting up when, when you like, did you remember with, with Miriam or in the whole experience? Huh? I think it must've been, after so after the operating room lee and the baby left to go back to the labor room that we were in and i stayed in there for a while uh as they were stitching me up and then i think we went back to the labor room but then they like had to transfer us to the mother baby unit um and that's all a blur um so i guess it must have been some time after we were settled in the mother baby unit um and I don't know if it was like one specific moment. It's really hard to remember, honestly, but I think it, I don't know, sometime that night or early morning the next day, realizing like, oh wait, like I have a baby. Um, and I think it was just a gradual thing. Like as I held her more and more, the the reality sunk in. Um, and she's just the most precious thing. Hmm. It's unfortunate that this is not a visual show right now because there's nothing more beautiful than just watching Isabella, your face interacting with Miriam. Like it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just such a natural, like this natural organic expression of, of love. I sound like the, I sound like the family therapist and couples counselor you're, now. You're doing great, man. Is that good? You're doing great. <laughs> So, so let's, let's transition now to home, mm-hmm. home life. And, and even a few days into home life and you, and you know, you you have your family now at home, you've gone from a family of two to a family of three. Uh, what are, what have been some of the unexpected experiences in your new parenting journey? Maybe, maybe things that you didn't see coming or, or that you figured out quickly or it caught you off guard. Yeah. Well, I have been extremely anxious about oh goodness maybe we should have Lee go let me let me try to situate her yeah so I mean this might sound silly right like but she's a newborn baby and you like you know that like you know in your head that babies can't do anything for themselves but until you actually experience it right like knowing like they are literally incapable of providing anything for themselves whatsoever. And so you need to be there constantly. Um, and like that, that's been tough. Um, you know, Bella, uh, Bella, obviously the one who's feeding her almost exclusively, right? Like 
we feed her a bottle. Uh, we try to do it once a day uh, just so she can get used to it and things like that and uh, to give mom a break. But so Belle is doing all the feeding or almost all the feeding. And she almost always, unless she's napping, needs to be held and uh, have somebody around her. And so it's a very she's a very needy person but that's babies right and so you don't really right like hold on the baby or or isabella who are you talking about uh a little of both but i was talking about miriam (laughs) at that particular time um okay but yeah just babies are needy yeah yeah the reality that the reality of it actually sinking in uh has been intense for me they're pretty helpless babies are pretty helpless i think they're like in the animal kingdom they're the they're the most helpless like baby and like for the longest amount of time in the entire animal kingdom yeah like she literally can't do anything by herself so i try i try to get her to walk the dog the other day and she just ignored me <laughs> so, um but and so that's uh that's but probably that, one of the biggest things that reality of just like how much caretaking is involved that that whole reality really sunk in and and i imagine like I see you nodding. Yes. And I imagine like that, the fact that it's, it's not on any kind of planned schedule. She's not really aware of your sleep needs or, or your, your schedule, your plans. She just needs what she needs when she needs it. Yeah. Yeah. And and like, so there'll be times when, you know, I'll cook dinner or, you know, we were really grateful to have a lot of friends uh, bring us food and stuff like that. Um, So they'll bring the food and we'll get, settled and start to eat and like Bella picks up the fork to go eat and the baby starts crying and wants to eat and so like Bella has to wait like 30 minutes 40 minutes to eat but she was already exhausted and hungry and starving before uh, we were sitting down to eat to sit down to eat and now she has to wait an extra 30-45 minutes because I mean it's kind of hard to feed yourself when you have a child feeding off of you and she's tries to do like snacks and stuff like that. But if it, when it comes to actual meal and using a fork and a knife, like it's really hard to do that in that position. And so um, that's, that's been an inconvenience for Bella for sure. And again, it's not really something I can help alleviate too much. And so Bella will feed her enough to pacify her. And as soon as that happens, we switch out real quick and Bella just eats real as fast as she can because she's going to want to eat five minutes later. You know, it's crazy. And Matt, you were talking about just like how like the superhero that moms are like literally moms are giving like literally themselves, especially the nursing mom. Like you physically are giving yourself to your child that's nursing you. It's like you start to look at food very differently and like like the food you're eating. The nu- nu- the nutrients you're taking in. Yeah. Are just going to be passed on. They're just being passed on. Like and if you're not eating right and eating well, um. You know, yeah. so so just that burden that the mom carries to, you know, everything mom does. Be nu- nourishing to the kid. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I can't even imagine as as a, you know, as a, as a mom just knowing that so much, even, even through pregnancy, even even now, like just the burden that you carry. Yeah. We ought to come up with like a protein shake for nursing moms, like a a meal replacement shake, something you can drink on the go you could do you could put like those hats like the beer hats you see at mardi gras yeah. so you can kind of wear yeah. it so you can like drink while you're while oh. you're feeding 
Yeah, and you could, yeah. you know, it, it could be even a warm smoothie, like chicken noodle soup smoothie. Oh, that does not sound good, Matt. That does. That sounds. That sounds. Well, the, you know, it was good, Matt, until you said chicken great. noodle smoothie. We're, we're in. We're in. We're in R and D. So we're <laughs> we're still we're still got some pro. There's some prototypes. Maybe we should there. cut we're, that. You know, we haven't settled we should on cut anything that from the podcast, so no one steals our idea, Matt. <laughs> Matt, one, Matt, one of your kids is really good at cooking, so maybe you just need to go downstairs and make them work on that right now. Yeah. Get the, get those juices flowing. Chicken noodle soup smoothie. You try that out, great, Matt. Yeah. Let us know how it goes. Maybe it could just be like a broth or something. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll work on that. I've heard it said, by the way, Bella, you may have heard this too. That the only hot meal a mother eats is ice cream. I've never heard that. <laughs> yeah, never heard of that, that either. All right, so Bella, if if you could have your dream food, <laughs> like like we're launching a business here, we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna take this, we're, we're we're going somewhere with this, like a food that you could eat while you're nursing. Like, what would it be? That could be like um, liquefied. That's like that's actually pretty good. What would it be? I don't. know. But you can put in one of those like Mardi Gras beer cream, hats. Cream of uh, basil's you know tomato basil soup so just saying that something will be liquefied automatically is a turn off for me like if it is <laughs> already in liquid form great be but solid. if it's like pureeing some sort of solid food if, i don't know if i'd be about that if, if i know my wife okay. well enough i would say we'll, we'll cream of, yeah please yeah. do cream of, cream of shawarma cream of shawarma would be her go-to <laughs> oh, I'm down for that. A savory, I'm down for that. A savory soup. Okay. So Matt, okay. what was your what was your question? How do we how do we get off on on liquefied uh, food? <laughs> Just think, foods. Here. things that they hadn't uh, really expected or or seen coming in the in the way that it's happened since they've been home. Yeah. Um, Bella, you were starting yeah. to say something about I, about that you've experienced some anxiety that you hadn't you know, predicted. Yeah. I've been pretty much anxious about everything. And unfortunately Lee has been on the receiving end of that. Um, I just didn't realize how intense one hormones would be. And then two, like yeah. just this drive to instinctively take care of and protect and make sure Miriam is good, not only good, but like the best possible she could be. So like, I, especially the first few weeks, I, I mean, we're only on week five, but like the first, I guess three weeks, no, maybe four. I don't know. I think this last week I've improved, but prior to that, I was very micromanaging with Lee and like any little thing, like it felt really difficult to leave her with anyone. Um, and so I had to like really throughout the day, just kind of uh, tell myself like an inner monologue, like, okay, Lee is the dad. He is literally the best person she could possibly be with. Um, and outside of her, had to... outside of her. Yeah. And he is, so he is the second best person <laughs> uh, besides me, of course. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a big distance between one and two though. Come on. Yeah. Let's be honest, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I provide agree. her sustenance. Um, so just like telling myself like, okay, there is not only one right way. There are multiple right ways, even though I think that the way that I want to do something is the best, 
Lee also is in, is doing this for the first time and has to figure out what is best for him when he's taking care of her. Um, and that sounds right, but then, like, in the moment, like, I'm just overwhelmed with anxiety and not really – well, and finding it difficult to, like, let go of that and trust in, like, the reason um, and the truth. And so that's been a challenge for me. Um but then that causes me to be even more exhausted and not want to accept help with things because I just want to do it all myself because I think I can do it all right. And it's kind of a cycle that continues. Parenting is a, uh, it's a long journey. Yeah. And really that the, the way Bella was describing how all of this, that's how Bella was prior to us having a baby. And so, all the postpartum hormones and stuff like that. It's just really just strengthened all those reactions and thoughts and stuff like that. And so um, I'm used to those experiences with Bella, just not so intensely and uh, as often. And so, yeah. Hmm. She Bella, my experience of you is you are very thoughtful. You are very conscientious, uh, detailed oriented person. Um, and so it sounds like that, 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 that has shown up in the first few weeks of, of parenting also that, you, that this conscientiousness, this drive to make things optimal. It's a pursuit is, of is, excellence. You know, strong you, when you do something, you do things excellently. That's kind of like when Bella does something, you know, it's going to get done. It's going to get done right. Oh, mm-hmm. well, that's the goal. Um, but the thing with the baby is like. There's, there are just so many other variables that you don't yeah. you don't really achieve perfection. Um, it's just yeah. kind of survival mode. Well, I, I always say perfection is a myth anyway. Yeah. And it, it's a dangerous myth and that it can make us feel like a failure a lot of times. So it's one that we try to avoid uh, really spending much time with. But you also mentioned, Bella, this desire to protect Miriam. And I remember it as a new parent being overwhelmed by that sense of, and I mentioned this in the first episode, but being overwhelmed with the sense of how how dangerous the world all of a sudden seemed to me, that there were there were potential dangers everywhere. And so is that something that you're relating to, Bella, is, or, or Lee, is that there's a lot to protect Miriam from? Yeah, um... Absolutely. Like, I want to protect her from pretty much everything. I I mean, in the sense that, like, I want her to be able to experience life and realize that there are going to be difficult things and hard things. But that's for, like, later on down the road. Right now, like, we need to make sure she doesn't fall off of bed because she rolls over, right? Or um, anytime we have driven with her, I'm very even more aware of uh, how pe- reckless people drive, um, especially in, here in New Orleans. Like I've opted to stay off the interstate le- more yeah. uh, because we know how people drive on the interstate. And so choosing a longer path home uh, just to make sure that we're a little bit safer and that if there is a collision, it's going 30 or 40 miles an hour as, as opposed to 70, 80, you know, um, and so as far as you have one of those baby on board stickers, Bella told me not to get one of anything like that because, uh, people can, uh, oh, 
the car seat <laughs> inspector guy said not to get one. <laughs> yeah, I that wanted was hour to. Hour twenty-five of the course, part of the forty-hour training. Yeah, um, but apparently people can prey upon people that have those stickers, and so I was like, okay, well, there will definitely be times when Bell is driving with the baby without me, and so yes, I would rather someone not prey on my wife and child. So yeah, we don't. So yeah. all that to say, no, we don't. Wait, have where in the city is it? Where, oh. where in the city is it legal to go eighty miles an hour? It's not legal to go eighty it's miles not. an hour. That's but just that doesn't, what people that doesn't, do. That oh, okay. Doing it. That's what he's worried about. No, you're not yeah. going seventy or eighty. Okay, I was just checking. No, no, I'm going okay. sixty like we're supposed to. But yeah. Okay. You, you you drive different when you become a brand new parent. You're like, oh my goodness, there's something very oh. precious in the car. You know, yeah. Very precious cargo. I mean, I think I think there she is. I can see her. I think when we, when we came home from the hospital uh, for the very first time, I'm pretty sure I drove 15 miles an hour home. Like it, I was not. I was incredibly like, like yeah, like just like looking everywhere and like yeah, ten like and checking, two, white knuckled, kind of like bouncing my eyes through all the mirrors, like they tell you to do in driving school, but you never do once you get out of driving school. Yeah, it was. <laughs> anyway yeah so yeah that protects hey, i want to i want to shift shift topics i want to shift topics for a few minutes i know that we're getting um close to needing to wrap up but i, I want to bring up a different topic and get your thoughts on it um when you become parents you all of a sudden take on this new identity and this new role in your life of, of becoming mom and becoming dad and so i just want to know a little bit about how that's going, how how becoming a parent is hitting you and, and how that's affecting your own view of yourself. Um, and then how you're balancing your new identity as, as mom or dad with, with your identity as husband or wife. I know that that's all a big complex question, but start with that first part. How is the, how's the, how are you reflecting upon your, your new identity as mom or dad? You, uh, you want me to go, y'all, Bell? Y'all are both uh, waiting and waiting for the other to answer yeah. and looking at each other a little bit. Yeah. Um, you want me to go first, Bella? Sure. Okay. Uh, how am so I? Uh, yeah, well, she's she's the boss now. She always was, but even more so now, right? Um, anyway. Um, okay. E- even more so now. Um how uh, how am I embracing my role as a father? Well, we just got done talking about wanting to protect Bella and, or Miriam even more uh, and how intense that is. Um, wanting to provide even more, uh, take care of her, um, all of her needs as best as I can. And right now, you know, we, that, we talked about that. That's me being a good support for Bella. Uh, figuring out ways to nurture her in really great ways, loving ways, kind ways. Um, even right now, um, I'm telling her plenty of dad jokes daily. Um, and so that's, uh, that's been going well. I actually, you, a couple of weeks ago, five, five weeks ago, you didn't get to tell dad jokes. They didn't, I, oh, I mean, I could, they just, they're not, they're not the same when you're not a dad, right? Like, it's just a joke. But now it's, now I can actually you say, one? yeah. You want to try one on us? You want to try one on us? 
Um, you want to try one? Yeah, yeah, I can try one. Um, another day. It was your best. Um, best dad joke right now. Uh, man, I'm not performing well under pressure. Um, but uh, so oh, why did uh, why did Luke That's... Skywalker? Why, oh, I got I got one. I'm just, why did Luke Skywalker have trouble uh, finding a girlfriend? He was looking for love in all the wrong places. Alderaan, I get it. And Alderaan, oh. the, the Alderaan, planet but, Alderaan, Matt, you get yeah, it. Yeah, the planet Alderaan that blew up. I get it. That, that takes so, some. That's good. In insider yeah. knowledge, there. That's good. I like that. I'm a look. I'm a big Star Wars guy. I got, Isabel uh, is at his I, best. That's good. So, I uh, I created a, a a TikTok for me to uh, share dad jokes to Miriam. And so, um, so she can hate me in 15 years when she knows that I put them up on the internet for everybody to see. Hmm. So, um, oh, you got to share now. Share what's your TikTok name so that people can follow you. <laughs> um, my TikTok, my TikTok name is Swaddled AF. The AF stands for All Bit Fatherly, <laughs> not anything crazy. Um, swaddled AF. So it's literally me just telling Swaddled AF. telling okay. jokes to Miriam. Um, yeah. Yesterday I created one and it has, uh, I'll brag a little bit. I create, I did the one yesterday and I have uh, over 21,000 views on it. So. What? All right. Yeah. Serious. Yeah. Real talk. Oh man. I was that all, was that all you? Did you have you viewed it like twenty thousand times in the last day? It was only I only did about five thousand views. How many of those, Isabella? How many views was were you? Was did Miriam. you just keep watching? Them? I'm not on TikTok, and I will not be. So none of them are me. Oh man! But yeah, they he's they've been having fun, Miriam and Daddy. It's been pretty hilarious watching them have their, um, you know. A few seconds of fame. But I will say one of the things that like one of the reasons I'm really doing it um, is to kind of have a almost like a time lapse of Miriam. Like because I think I did it like the first like the second or third day that we were home. I started it. And so even looking back from when I started to yesterday, seeing how much she's grown um, in the past five weeks. And so, I mean, it's like it's like it's like taking a picture, but it's a video and telling a story um, about her uh, and our Are your jokes getting better? Are your jokes getting better? I didn't say the progression of jokes uh, getting okay. better. Okay. I just, a progression of uh, our story as a daughter and a father. So what, a, what about you, Isabella, just kind of in this new identity as, as mom? Yeah. Uh, well, one of the things my sister told me, she has two kids, uh, but prior to giving birth, I think I must've been in the second trimester or something. I was like doing all this research and, um, trying to be as prepared as possible. And she was like, you know, it's not so much about all the things you're going to do as a mom, but it's who you become when you become a mom. And I was just like, oh my goodness, that's very insightful. So I've tried to kind of keep that at the forefront of my mind. And 
um, what I wasn't prepared for was how like emotionally overwhelmed I would get with just like looking at her. Cause I, I haven't ever really been like a baby person. Like I never, when I was a kid, I never dreamed of getting married or having kids or anything like that. I was more so like 10 year plan career type of person. Um, and then I just happened to meet Lee and happened to fall in love and get married and happened to have a baby. Um, and so anytime other people would have babies, I'd just be like, oh, cool. Like, that's nice. Congratulations. Um, but with her, I'm just like, oh, my God, you're amazing. Um, she's, yeah, just the best thing ever. And um, I think me as a mom, it's it's brought out depths that I didn't know were there. And... I can be a lot more empathetic with a lot more people now. Um, like other people who have had children who've had losses and things like that. I, I can understand what they're going through um, instead of just like caring about them. But now it's like, Oh no, I can actually feel your pain. <laughs> um and I'm looking forward to when she's a little bit less dependent so that we can like go on fun adventures together and explore the world um, because everything is new for her. And I, I really like um, exploring and like being caught up in wonder and experiencing the beauty of this world. And so to do that with her when it'll be completely new for her, that just uh, makes me really hopeful and sounds like, uh, a really fun thing to look forward to. It it just sounds like, uh, like for all of us, that it is, in 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 the best sense of the word, word yeah. life changing. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't even ex- you can't even imagine or expect or pre- or prepare or predict how life changing it's going to be becoming a parent. And that you all are, that's not a one-time thing. That's a process. It's, it's, it is life-changing. It continues to be life-changing. And in, in, in beautiful ways that are really inspiring and in difficult and hard ways, often causes us to confront some things. I know that you guys have been through some stuff over the last month and are, and are going through that. And I, um, but in addition, y'all are also just doing this wonderful, beautiful job of uh, being together, being parents, being a family and we so appreciate you being on the building us show and we look forward to keeping up with you for sure but we also look forward to catching up with you in about a year wow as we do part three of this and hear how it's gone over the last year it will it's uh it'll be so great to have that conversation eric yeah what do you I'm think blow of all your, this i'm gonna blow your mind here when we do this in a year Y'all could, y'all could have another baby. Totally possible. Oh, jeez. Hopefully yeah. not. <laughs> totally possible. Just, just like blew your mind. Now, Matt and I often talk about just how, how much we value relationships. And, and, and I often say that to me, relationships are, are more important than money. That, and, and if we, if we, if our net worth was measured by the the quality and the quantity of our relationships as opposed to what's in our bank account, mm-hmm. like I want to be 
Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and and you two just like literally five weeks ago created a brand new relationship that just didn't exist like mm. instantly and that's that's beautiful it's beautiful to watch um you know i love you two you, you two are, are very special to me and just to see uh you in this different role as as mom and dad um is fun it's exciting i love watching your face and hearing your stories um, hearing your experiences bella and, and kind of thinking back you're kind of bringing me back to some of me and my wife's earlier experiences as parents and um, Lee, just the, the silly things that dads do with their kids. It's just kind of, it's fun to be brought back to that. So just thank you all for, for your story. Thanks for, thanks for being willing to share. I know it's not easy to come on and talk about, you know, some, some hard, some hard things that, that y'all have experienced, but uh, I just appreciate just the contribution that y'all are making in this whole, this whole thing that we call invest in your relationships. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, we appreciate it. So we love you guys too. So Awesome. Thanks again, y'all. Thank you both. Dr. Matt Morris maintains an active private practice for couples and families in the greater New Orleans area. To learn more about his work, visit drmattmorris.com. Eric Garcia can be found online at plan-wisely.com. His branch office is located in New Orleans, Louisiana. The branch phone number is 504-218-5479. Securities offered through Royal Alliance Associates Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through New Century Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance services offered through Garcia Financial Group, LLC. Entities listed are not affiliated.